0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Morning Nomad. Because these last few months have been a little weird, I thought that this would be a great opportunity to, I guess, kind of catch up in a way and just do one big question and answer. I put up a question box on my Instagram story and I'm pulling from those questions as well as some of the questions from last week's episode. I am going to stay away from answering any off grid questions just because we are going to really get into the nitty gritty kind of as we prepare and I'll be sharing a lot of the things that I learn in my vlogs and I would also love to share different recipes and skills and all of those little details kind of while they happen. And of course, Chris and I, like I mentioned last week, we will be getting on this podcast together and kind of going through some of those questions that you guys have and troubleshooting and, and finishing some of the planning that we still have to do. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, Chris and I are going to be living off-grid in the Wisconsin Northwoods um, in the dead of winter for three to four months. More details to come. The way that I do these question and answers, it's very much on the fly. I have not prepared any of my my answers here. So, um, I'm just going to dive right into it. What's one thing you wish uh, people knew before starting a van build that it's going to suck and you're going to be so confused. Well, this is also for those of you that maybe are like me, which didn't have any experience prior. I mean, if you're a professional builder, you've done this before, or even if you have a single build under your belt, um, it, this, this may not completely apply to you. But it's going to really suck at times. You're going to be really confused. You're going to have days where you're absolutely exhausted. And I think a lot of that comes from the mental strain of the van build. So something that I noticed with Noah's trailer build, which I'm, I am actually mentioned this in the um, Part 7 trailer build vlog, was showing up and building every day for Noah, easy. Easy peasy. But the huge difference between that and my own build was that not only did I have to show up and build every day when I was doing my van, but I also had to do all of the planning, gather all of the materials, make all of the mistakes, go through the ups and downs of not knowing what I was doing or not really understanding a system, going through the process of learning all of the systems, once again, making mistakes with all of the systems. And... and <laughs> that took an incredible toll on me during my van build granted there was a lot of stuff going on in my life at that point um there was a relationship falling apart there was um a lot of questioning about income and timing there were so many unknowns other than the fact that i didn't even know if i could actually build a van Maybe later on in life, I'll get into the nitty gritty of all that, but, um, so yeah, the mental toll that I guess that would be the main thing because, um, so my van build took me like seven and a half months, which is kind of ridiculous for how simple it is, but it took me a really long time and that's okay. And after I moved in, like full time moved in, the van was done. I had like three four months of complete exhaustion. I mean I I could still function and work and everything but it felt like every day I was sleeping nine to ten hours or every night I was sleeping in a ton of hours I would wake up and just feel groggy and I think that the physical aspect of a build is a really fun uh, almost like an energizing type of thing to do with your hands and see the see everything come together, your your vision come together, building things. It's so fulfilling, and then the mental strain of figuring it all out and learning and putting it into practice, I think really certainly crept up on me. But with that being said, I would not change a thing. Like I love, I loved the entire process of my van build, and I want everybody if they can to take on a project like this at some point in their life because it's awesome to say the least this next question is more of a gear question so basic gear you need for camping and hiking I'm gonna say that this does depend on people but a really comfortable backpack that fits really well extra of whatever your dog needs no matter where I go for the most part, I bring a really high quality MSR water filter. I have been in some sticky situations in the back country and uh, needed a water filter and needed to rely on that. And so I just always pack a water filter. Always bring a headlamp, always bring a night. I'm a big believer in high quality down things. Down is just so nice. Packs. Packs down really well, super warm. Um, And then always being prepared for rain and always bringing extra layers. And a lot of this, I will admit, a lot of this is because of my experiences not being prepared in the backcountry. Not being prepared with rain gear, not being prepared with shelter, not being prepared for warmth, not being prepared with water, with Aquila, and so, Yeah, I remember being a kid and my dad would always say, Linnea, do you have extra layers? Do you have your rain gear? And I'd say, no, I don't need it. (laughs) Because when you're sitting in a warm house, you think, oh, even if I'm a little cold out there, I'll be fine, like I'll survive. Because in that moment, you're comfortable. And that is often a really poor idea. So even as a little girl, I was super stubborn about being unprepared. (laughs) And even as an adult up until the last maybe four years, I was really stubborn about being unprepared. So here we are with um, knowledge from many years of being unprepared. Don't do that to yourself. Wow, this is such a beautiful question. What habits, actions, moments make you feel emotionally safe and at peace? I think a big foundation of this is being really close to nature. And when I find myself stepping away from nature, whether that's intentional or not intentional, I do not feel at peace. And it's something that isn't, isn't always um, noticeable at the time, but certainly adds up throughout days or weeks of not really focusing on getting in nature and sitting in nature and observing nature. I think that sounds really hippy-dippy. But that's also the truth. Something that comes up for me with that is that I, I do struggle with anxiety. I've talked about this a little bit, but I think that there's a really calming effect. I mean, there is. There's a huge calming effect and kind of like a rewiring, grounding effect that nature has on your nervous system. And I think when your nervous system is settled... It allows you a greater perspective, and I think with a greater perspective, it's easier for me to take on different challenges, whether they're physical or emotional or mental, and understand them for what they are, rather than having a super um, narrow focused on the issues in my life, or my anxiety, or... Uh, any distress that I'm going through and I guess so for me that the actions that make me feel how did he put this emotionally safe or to feel at peace it's it's kind of like a maintenance and when I'm when I lose that maintenance I'm more prone to feeling not emotionally safe and not at peace so I guess I you know the maintenance that I just discussed mostly was like being out in nature which is why I live in my van is so I can Escape the uh, life that we've kind of all built, (laughs) you know, being in cities and having these interesting expectations of what we do and what we look like and how we talk and what we care about and kind of escaping into the wild, the wilderness, just nature in general. But then I think on top of that, my strong relationships with um, the people I really love and care about and thirdly, my health. I would say that that's kind of the last really big piece. Doing the things that I feel really, really good about as far as my health, understanding my own nutritional needs and my own physical needs is another one. Um, I actually, I cannot remember where I saw this. It might have even been, it might have been Elsa Ray's, uh, it might have been Elsa's story. And she talked about how her and Barron, yeah, it was a very quick response. And she mentioned how Barron, and her focus less on routine and more on rhythm. And I loved that because I am a very routine based person but my routines change according to my life and what I need, where I'm at emotionally. And so I think that the rhythm of life and the rhythm of what my decisions are and what I need I think that that also really coincides to this question of habits and actions and moments that make you feel at peace and emotionally safe. And obviously I'm talking about this in a very wide scope. Of course I could tell you that this right here, waking up, making my coffee in peace and holding this warm mug of coffee, smelling it with fresh air coming through my wide open door, I am completely immersed in this experience and I love it. I am totally at peace every single day. This is like, I love this. But I guess I was more drawn to speaking about it in a a much broader perspective. All right, what is the best part about having a companion while on the road? So as far as having Aquila on the road, I actually had a really incredible conversation last night with Sam. And Sam is a friend that I met at Gutted This is not the Sam and Dan Sam. This is Sam the Director Sam. (laughs) And um, he called to gather some ideas and perspectives for something that he's writing. And this was the first time that I spoke with somebody in an interview setting that wasn't going public. Because it was really just for his own notes and for his own storyline. And it wasn't a podcast or an interview. And so it felt so good just being able to talk so openly and honestly and bluntly about some of my ideas and thoughts. And um, he he asked about Aquila and we kind of got into the depths of having a dog companion on the road. And I think one of the things that comes to mind is a piece of our conversation in which I explained to him that I think one of the coolest parts is that in a lot of ways Aquila is a mirror of me and that while I'm figuring out with this lifestyle the things that I love and cherish and care about and the ways that I want to live my life fully is that I get to watch her do the same and that it kind of we kind of mirror each other in that way And I had talked to Sam about some of my feelings regarding a lot of us living in this kind of fake and made-up world of all the societal expectations (laughs) and kind of like what I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, priorities that are a little off, ways that we interact that aren't genuine, things that we want to be that maybe aren't really our authentic selves and how these like this kind of fake world nurtures that and me using this lifestyle as a way to try to kind of escape that and break out of that a little bit not saying that I totally have and not saying that that other world doesn't affect me or that I'm not a part of it it's just more of like a challenge for me to get a, away from it as best as I know how but how Aquila is kind of a mirror of that and I, I discussed how how amazing it is that I get to see her absolute complete joy and love for being absolutely free out in the middle of nowhere. And that I get to sit in my little, my little tiny camp chair, you know, miles back into the mountains and I get to just watch aquila live this beautiful life. And I get to watch her splash in water and sniff around and play with little sticks and toss rocks around and I'm watching her live this incredible full life just being a dog she's not cooped up in a skyrise apartment peeing on a four by four piece of fake grass just like I'm no longer I'm no longer living the life that I don't feel like I should be living I guess and I think that's really cool and it brings me an incredible amount of joy to provide that kind of life for the both of us. Would I ever get another dog? Um, this is an incredibly common question. I have answered this before. I'm not interested in getting another dog right now. Um, Akilah, Akila and I have such an amazing system. We have such an amazing bond and understanding of each other and what we need and how things work on the road. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have the pull to get another dog. I'm really happy and I'm really content with our relationship. I'm not sure that I want to take away from Akilah's attention. She's, she's a big attention dog. She loves to cuddle. She loves to be talked to, interacted with. She wants to be a part of things. She wants to be involved with things. She's very curious. Um, and she also has Kobuck now. So... When she wants to play and be with him, she gets access to Kobuk all the time. They're always on my bed. She's sharing her kennel with him. And that's so beautiful. And um, we also have the space for it. You know, Kobuk and Chris have a big bus. And I, I just, I'm not a little dog person. So the only other dog that I would get would be another big dog. And I think that would just be a lot. Oh, this is a good one. Tips on starting a YouTube channel. I want to start a vlog channel, but I'm scared. Um, Keep in mind, I only have my own experience to speak of. Just start making content and putting it up there and have absolutely no attachment to how it does. I think that there is always a part of your channel, which is the start of it, <laughs> that you're just going to be really bad at what you do. My videos were really bad at the start. I didn't know how to edit. I didn't know how to keep people's attention. I didn't know anything. Um, I was. I just stayed very authentic to who I was. I didn't try to be anybody else. And I also didn't really watch other people because I have a tendency to compare and um, kind of get down on what I'm creating. And so maybe that's another thing is just create what you want to create. And if people want to watch it, they'll watch it. And if people want to watch other stuff, then they'll watch other stuff. I think maybe when people ask this, they want some really inspirational and motivating speech as to what you need to do to start a successful channel. And I don't have that. All I have is just fucking start because the longer that you make excuses for not starting the longer that you will be unsuccessful or that you will have a channel with nothing on it. So just start, create a schedule for yourself. For me, I said every Sunday I need a video up. No matter what I have, I'm putting a video up every Sunday. Uh, And whatever you have, just put it up there. People, I I really do believe these days that people care much less about the aesthetics and um, how pretty you look, and how beautiful your videography is. People care so much less about that. And they care a lot more about just getting to know the person and their personality and what they're doing in life. I think people are grasping at and searching for authenticity and genuine genuine connection or being able to resonate with people. That's what I've got for that one grossest part of van life, dude, it's all gross. It's a little different now being with Chris because, you know, when you're with another person, uh, you want to be less gross. But man, for so long I just didn't give a shit. I mean, I took care of myself. Don't think that I just let myself go. It's just not a big it's not a big deal to me to not shower for a little while or to have greasy hair or to not wash my face or actually okay i have an answer i have an answer and this is pretty gross but i'm gonna be honest about it um my dishes (laughs) here's my theory with dishes if you keep using the same dish or the same mug it doesn't get dirty that's my theory and i've told people that before and they have absolutely scoffed at me but that is my theory and i think that it works great if I wasn't a vlogger, what would I be doing for a career? I would just still be doing fitness and nutrition coaching, I bet. At this point, I would probably have a few coaches under me and um, kind of take a step back from the a lot of the main work. Where I was in my business before I transitioned to YouTube full-time, I was getting ready to hire a programmer. I was sick of programming for all of my clients, and I had a coach in mind that I wanted to hire under me. And so, um, yeah, I would probably just continue doing that. But I really love what, I, what I'm doing right now. I'm grateful I'm not doing that anymore. It provides me a lot more space to take care of myself and to do my own workouts and focus on my own nutrition. Um, yeah, just not having to do it for other people anymore. I feel like I have a lot, more, uh, a lot more incentive to do it for myself. If you could give advice to your younger self pre-van, what would you say? Wow. I would say don't wait around for other people's approval or support to do what you want. And I would remind my younger self that there are incredible experiences, incredible love, incredible people, incredible mistakes, and incredible moments waiting for you in the future. And that making hard changes and hard decisions in the now doesn't eliminate all the amazing things to come. And I think that having that perspective in my younger years would have gotten me to this point much sooner. Hindsight's a funny thing though in that way. You know, I have that, I have that hindsight now because of everything that I went through up until this point. And if I hadn't gone through all of that, I wouldn't have that same advice for myself. Of course, you know. All right, next question. Advice for getting out of a rut. Oh, man. I love this because this is her assuming that I've been in ruts, which I absolutely have. But I also get questions of people assuming that I don't get in ruts or that I'm constantly creative and creating or constantly traveling, constantly happy, whatever it may be. And that is so not the case. And so I love that she asked this because we all go through it and we all experience it. And for some of us, our ruts are so fucking deep. And I will say that I have a few that are almost like clockwork. And I even think about neurological ruts. (laughs) You know how we'll have different trains of, of thought. And the more that we exercise those thoughts or those emotions or those reactions, the deeper those neurological ruts get. Advice for getting out of a rut. I just recently got out of a rut, actually. You know, I'm not really quite sure how healthy this really is. And you know what? When we're talking about what's healthy and what's not healthy, I think that really, really depends on the person. I think right now people want so badly to label an action or a thing or a phrase and they say, oh, that's healthy or, oh, that's toxic. And I kind of think that's bullshit because it's very dependent on the person dependent on that person's experiences, desires, life. So, here's what I was going to say. Advice for getting out of a rut. Sometimes what I like to do is I like to imagine the person that I am striving to be. Like that person is me, very much so. But when I'm in situations or when I'm laying in bed, when I'm reacting poorly to something or how i don't want to react sometimes i'll just take a moment to reflect about like the linnea that i want to be the linnea that i'm striving to to embody and to nurture like how would she react right now what would she be doing right now what are the actions that she would be taking or how would she be taking care of herself right now and I think through some of those things and then I choose one thing to do. For example, I was recently in a in a pretty intense emotional rut. And the thing about me and emotional ruts is that nobody knows that I'm experiencing them. I was finding myself feeling very bitter. And I remember laying in bed and for like a half hour, I just thought, man, okay. So this is something that you know, I am experiencing and I don't want to experience it anymore. And how the heck can I move through this? And I started thinking about like embodying this person that I really want to be and that I'm striving to be and how that person would respond and what that person would do. And I knew that this wasn't going to eliminate my emotions or eliminate my anxiety, but I thought, you know what, regardless of what this person is feeling or whatever internal process they're going through, they would still show up with a lot of love and a lot of kindness and not project onto the people in their lives, which is what I felt like I was doing at that time. And so that little tiny shift, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk into the bus, I'm going to give Chris a hug and I'm going to give him a kiss and I'm going to call my mom and I'm going to tell her that I love her. And I'm going to Marco Polo my brothers. And that kind of brings me to my second piece. Which is that um, motivation is kind of this weird thing that we seek. And coming from a fitness and nutrition background. And doing a lot of coaching with one-on-one clients. Something that I've learned is that motivation or, or change, it's not something that, um, you have to like find every day to do something. If that makes sense. Like, it's not like, it's not like when I'm in a rut, I think I have to find motivation to make a change. I have to find motivation to get out of bed, whatever it is. Rather, it's this knowing that the more I do, the more consistently that I make different decisions, the more consistently that I do things that make me feel better, the little tiny wins, that momentum creates the motivation to continue those. And as hard as that is sometimes for me to swallow, that helps just a little bit to take baby steps forward. It's that knowledge and that deep knowing and also experiencing it previously in my life where I can do the little things to get out of this rut and the more little baby steps I take and kind of resetting those neurological pathways too at the same time with those experiences, with those really mini wins or those really mini experiences, the the more motivating that's going to be due to consistency, not because I'm seeking motivation externally. Have you ever been to Morocco? No. (laughs) But... I really want to put a trip together. It would be expensive, but I would really like to put a trip together to Morocco, like with people that want to come. Uh, there's a cool company called Trova Trip, and they essentially take care of all of the planning and logistics, which I hate, hate planning trips. Um, and yeah, I've I've been really playing with the idea of uh, just putting it out there for the audience and for you guys and the community and see if people want to join me on a trip to Morocco. It would probably be a lot of hiking and camping and exploring but I I would really really like it and I think that'd be a really fun thing to plan on for 2023 but maybe you guys let me know if that's something that you would be interested in Um, it feels a little scary. It feels like just another way of putting myself out there, but it would also be such a fun thing to do (laughs) with you guys. Uh, I think like 15 to 20 people would be a really good group size and we could all travel over there and hang out and do fun shit. And (sighs) yeah, I don't think I've talked about that yet on social media, but it's something that I'd really love to do. Do I ever plan on settling down in a house? I don't know. Probably not. Um, I have loved the process of building my own house. I mean, my van. I call this my own house because it is. I've loved this process because of the gratitude and joy and pride that I have in my own space. It also makes me very tolerant of the things that aren't perfect about it. Like how long it takes for me to fill up a water bottle (laughs) with my little foot pump or the way that things open, you know, it's, it's not perfectly done, but because I did it, I, I, I love it and I love my space. And so I would really enjoy doing something similar and maybe that looks more like a stationary home. Uh, I'm not interested in being in something of excess and I'm unsure about what things look like in the future as far as kids go. I see a few different options for the next 10 to 20 years of my life. And one of those options is purchasing land and learning how to build something cool. Of course, a tiny house comes to mind or I met this couple one time in Utah and they were this old couple and they had kids. They were, you know, the kids were long gone out of the house, but their house was beautiful and they had purchased that land many many years ago before the kids were born and slowly over the course of many years they had made by hand each sand like sand adobe brick i don't know what a technical term of that but you know adobe bricks essentially for their house and slowly built by hand this incredible i mean very simple but beautiful filled with character, um, artistic home. And you know, it obviously took them many years and, and a lot of sweat and work hours, but it was also very cheap because they did everything by hand. And I think that that's a really cool idea. What would you say to somebody seriously debating van life with a pet? Um. Keep in mind, I've never done this without a pet. But I guess, what are you debating? I think as long as you know 100% you can support that animal and having a beautiful life and keep it safe, then why not? I would say just try it. Um, Travel a lot with your pet before purchasing a van and learn about what they need and what they want and how they react to certain situations so that you can better understand what that lifestyle would be like and then just do it easier said than done but I think we often overcomplicate things when will we get to meet Chris? do you guys want to meet Chris? (laughs) maybe maybe we do a video soon there's a lot of questions about Christopher in here it's it's funny because he's been a part of my life now for a while we started getting kind of serious in January but I haven't, you know, I share more of him on Instagram, I guess, but it's kind of a scary thing to make a relationship more public because of all the unknowns surrounding it. We'll probably do podcasts together and other YouTube videos together. Probably some live question and answers. How have you adjusted, um, from traveling completely by yourself To now traveling with Chris it doesn't really feel like too much of an adjustment Um, very little I guess in my life has changed other than I get to experience things with him I'm I'm really lucky to have had my time completely alone on the road I think even people that are often completely alone on the road seek time with friends seek time with other people family members whatever it may be Um, but yeah You know, of course there's a difference in when we make plans, we take into account what each other wants and needs, but we also still have our own homes and have our own jobs. And, um, luckily we're very similar and that's kind of the only way that this type of thing would ever work for me (laughs) is being with somebody that is so similar, wants to live similarly, has the same ideas about life and future and that this isn't a short-term thing, you know, this lifestyle being not a short-term thing. <clears throat> so, yeah, it hasn't felt like a big adjustment and I, I don't think necessarily that it should be um, because I love my life and I love the way that I've created it. And I'm so grateful to have Chris who is understanding of the things that I want and need and the ways that I want to live my life. And so we get to just do it together. Yeah. And I'll be sure to to get more into this because I know that there are a lot of questions about relationship stuff and how to make certain decisions on the road and and um, things specifically about Chris and yeah there's just a lot that goes into it and I'll certainly continue to share but I have been answering questions now for about an hour and I think it's time to move on with the rest of my day. I'm really happy that you guys are interested in this podcast and that many of you have shared how well this works for you just to be able to listen while doing other things and not needing to sit down in front of the computer to watch a vlog type thing. So that's great, I'm so happy about that. Thank you, Akilah and I love you and we hope you enjoyed this question and answer. We touched on a whole lot of different topics so Akilah and I will see you uh, this Sunday for another vlog and thank you for listening to another episode of the Morning Nomad we will see you next week <laughs>